Hey there, QBs. It's Christian here. Just wanted to let you guys know that we are going to be taking a little bit of a break. I'm on a vacation and there's no way that we can actually record. The schedule's got a little bit crazy there, but don't you worry. We're still not going to be missing any weeks here at Glitch Cube. Uh, one of the great things that we are going to be doing over the next two weeks is actually doing some recasts of some of our older episodes. So we picked two of our favorite episodes for you guys. Uh, the first one being our social xenophobia episode. Uh, so this goes way, way back to episode 36, which is kind of crazy to think about. That was a few years ago now. Uh, but this episode came out during the start of the pandemic. And we were seeing a lot of influx with games that were allowing us to come together and we thought it was a great way, a uh, great time to talk about that. So let's just hop right into the episode. It was a really fun one, and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Thank you again, once again, uh, for joining us. Uh, I mean, I say thank you every single time because I really mean it. Thank you so much for joining us, you know, showing love and all that fun stuff. So really appreciate it. Um, but before we jump into today's topic, like always, I want to share some joyous plugs Spread some love out there in the world. Um, is there anything this week that has caught your eye that you want to share with the masses? You know, I've been catching up a lot with, uh, this is more so just like random stuff I've been doing, but I've been able to catch up on like anime nice. that I was nice, talking nice, about nice. like maybe a month or two ago. Mm -hmm. um, well, first off, I was able to finish Invincible, which isn't an anime, but it's a cartoon and... I really liked it a lot. I I heard about it. People like said really good things. And at first I got into it. I couldn't get into it because I felt like the first episode was just boring. Mm -hmm. And then it progressed. And I was like, oh, my God, the show is a lot darker than I thought it would be. Like, I love the boys a lot. And this kind of gave me that same gritty superhero vibe to it. And oh, it was good. The dynamics between like father and son and everything was just great. Hmm. I I loved it. I don't know the one. I'll have to look it up. It's good. I recommend it. It it takes a little getting into, but once you do, it's it's good. Nice. Um I've been catching up on Demon Slayer. Cool. Yeah, I'm like I think at episode twenty now, so I think I'm probably close to the end. Man, those but fight scenes and that art style—it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's what's keeping me watching because there were times like I was like, "Oh, this is a little like." Yeah, I mean the story's generic, same old, right? but yeah, yeah, the art is just beautiful and the fight scenes. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's crazy because I'm a person that really sticks to like older animes. So like when I see something new that actually looks pretty like i'm all over it and i'm really enjoying this show a lot yeah um i've been thankfully being able to catch up on all these shows because i've been playing metopia which i just beat this morning oh red um at least the main story apparently there's a bunch of post-game content and i'm like kind of done with it because i've just been playing it nonstop because i'm watching shows right. 
But um, that was a fun little game. I uh, I liked it. It was it was the perfect game to play while you're watching something. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was fun making little me's of like Will Smith and <laughs> you know Peter Griffin and all them like just thrown everywhere. Like it it was a good little non-serious game. After playing Near Replicant, I needed something a little more lighthearted. Right, right. What do you feel about the combat system in that? It's really basic. I uh, it kind of threw me off because you don't you only control your main character, oh. which at first kind of bugged me. Mm-hmm. But once I realized how decent the auto battle was for your main character, I actually started just having do auto battles for the mo- ma- most part. Uh, it was cool. I actually really like the um, like the friendship. Between the different Mies that you could form okay. and how other Mies would get jealous. And, like, if one of them snapped after being jealous for too much or uh, if you mess up with another me, they get they start playing pranks on each other. Oh, or they don't funny. help each other in battle, which actually screwed me over once or twice because I wasn't paying attention. And I thought that was really cool. Like, I... It's not really something you see in an RPG, and I think that if games kind of did that more, it it would put a cool dynamic on like JRPGs in general, which was kind of a fresh, a fresh air that I wasn't expecting. Because I was just expecting it's going to be basic, plain old, but no, the game was a lot of fun. I I liked all the little systems involved and. For a simple little game, it was cool. Nice. I mean, I own it, so I definitely have to pick it up and start playing it. But I like that idea, the friendship system. It makes it feel more real, right? Like if you're actually in a battlefield mm-hmm. with someone and they wronged you somehow or they're just a dick to you, you might, you know, second guess helping them fully, right? Like, yeah. so that's cool. I like that. But yeah, aside from that, that's all I've been really doing. I have a bunch of stuff planned for this coming week, so. Nice. I'm excited. What about you? Oh, you know, just to keep going on that anime train that you just started, a uh, choo-choo. Uh, <laughs> I caught back up on My Hero Academia, the new season. Nice. And, oh, my gosh. I, I, I swear, that show gets better every single season. Like, they keep one-upping themselves. And, like, it's really... Like, talk about a breath of fresh air. Is the idea that you actually see these characters grow. And not just grow like mentally and right, like they, they're not just maturing as heroes, yeah. right? Like they're actually like changing physically as well, which is huh. really cool to see. Like their costumes keep changing. Like actually the new season starts out and it's in wintertime and they all come out in like different gear and they even like throw in like a throwaway sentence real quick. It's like, oh, look at them sporting their new winter uh, hero gear. I was like, oh, that's a really nice touch because that makes complete sense, right? Like, Makes it realistic. Yeah, which is really nice to see. And then like when it comes to them fighting, like you see their gear and clothing and stuff like that, like get like beat up and roughed up or like certain times like their gauntlets just get completely like shattered, right? And it's mm-hmm. just like really, really realistic, which is nice to see. And man, like the... The like the amount of money that they're putting into these fight scenes now is just insane to me, because like the, it's a big IP, ugh, they're just getting so much better every single time I see a fight scene. Like the 
in one of the newer episodes that just came out, it's just a simple like skirmish match between two of the classes. And it, Bakugo is like in one of the teams and he's versus another team from class B. And it's such a simple like five minute fight scene. And it's not like there's no high stakes to it whatsoever. They're just training. But to me, like this fight was so iconic and so memorable and so strong. Like it's on par with some of like this season finale fights that they've had in the past. Oh, wow. And it's just a little skirmish match. And I'm like, that, that, that's amazing, right? And it, it just, I don't know if like it's creating negative hype, right? Where like, okay, if this is like just the middle of the like season fight, imagine what the ending is going to be, right? Like they mm -hmm. could be setting themselves up for some sort of disaster there. But seeing like their, how, where they've gone so far, I think it's going to be really hard for them to not live up to those expectations. Because... Man, like that, I, I actually rewatched that episode three times. Damn. Like, just because of that, and not even the full episode, I'll just watch the first half, because that's when the fight is. The second half is just exposition about them talking about, like, oh, you know, like, dealing with loss, or, like, getting praise for the win, right? And, like, showing the other team that did lose, like, kind of bouncing back and saying, like, you know what, we lost, but we're going to learn from this, and we're going to keep growing together. And then seeing both classes, 1A and 1B, after the fights, like coming together and talking and talking about their strategies and what they had planned, like it's a really nice touch because it reminds you that they are in school, they are still learning from each other, and they do respect each other, even though they just try to beat the shit out of each other like five minutes ago. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's a cool, it's a nice little touch. I mean, I really am enjoying it. So excited to see where else it goes from here. We'll see. Yeah, I need to watch more of that. I've only seen like the first season and then I just kind of like slipped off. Yeah, but it, it just keeps getting better and better. And like they just keep throwing more crap at you. And it's like, okay, yeah, like I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So here we go. We're jumping into today's episode. And. This topic is a little interesting, right? And it's something that kind of jumped into my brain here a few days ago, and I just can't really get it out right now. And I feel like it's something that is really on par for the current global climate, right? Um, so mm -hmm. if you are listening to this years in the future, uh, I just want to remind you that there was a pandemic, <laughs> a worldwide pandemic yeah. that lasts. It's still going on, and it's been over a year now. And it really has changed the way that we interact with each other, right? It's it's nice to see that we are still able to freely communicate with each other, work with each other, share ideas uh, remotely because it's not safe for us to be together right now. Um, but at the same time, I'm wondering what kind of negative repercussions might come from that. And I know that these kind of, like remote social gatherings have been around since forever, since the internet's been around, whether it be yeah. chat rooms, right? Instant messaging or whatever, maybe forms, right? Like live journal, even I would consider like all that is in the same realm of finding like-minded people and sharing ideas with them. But now we're seeing it where it's, even children are going to school online purely 
And in this, like, especially whenever they're so young and so, like, malleable. And, like, I'm wondering, like, is it is it going to mess them up in the future, right? And there's a term that kind of popped in my head, and I don't know if I've heard it somewhere or if it's something that just kind of, like, drilled in while I was thinking about this. But the idea of social xenophobia really, really hit home for me because... Like, as a shy kid growing up, like, I, yeah, I am slightly xenophobic. I am nervous when I'm around people in general. It's just, it is what it is. And I'm sure a lot of people out there feel that way, whether it's, like, depending on, you know, the spectrum of it, whether it's severe or minor. But now, like, we're starting to see kind of like a social xenophobia that's okayed by society. Like, it's okay mm-hmm. to be afraid of people and not want to be around them. But we still need to find ways to interact and be the social creatures that we are, you know, as basic human beings. So what's your take on this? I'm really curious to see your side of this, because this is something that I'm still trying to, like, play around with in my head. And yeah. (laughs) I think it's a big change for a lot of people. Uh for me, I I felt like I connected better with people online mm. for the most part. Um from an early earlier age, uh early two thousands, I would just be on message boards all the time, uh talking to people and for me like I didn't really feel too comfortable talking to people mm. offline. Because, like, how you said, like, anxiety, stuff like that. But being able to find like-minded people, even all the way back then, it it really helped. And for me, like, my start on the internet was really just, like, through GameFAQs message boards. Mm. Honestly, like, finding, like, a gaming community that I could talk to. And I was able to really, like, evolve with it. For me, it kind of taught me a lot. And... So all of this, like, being more virtual, for me, it's, like, not even a, like, a change. It it just feels normal to me. And, but I can see it affecting a lot of people. You know, you hear people that just, you know, they can't handle working with other people digitally. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I mean, it's two different things, you know. Like, back then, like, we just went on it the internet and just talk to people and I felt like it was more niche like you would go out and people would be like you would say oh yeah like I I talk to people on message boards so like this and they would look at you funny like why like you can just talk to people in person but I don't know for me it was just it was hard finding people that were interested in games and stuff in person and for me being able to instantly connect with people that had the same interest. It was nice, you know? Yeah, I like that. I mean, I could totally see that side of it, right? But I'm wondering if also the fact that you, growing up with it, right, you were so comfortable with that situation. And I'm wondering if it's because you also had the other outlet of potentially going out and meeting people too, right? Right? Like Like that was always there. But now that's kind of, gone right like yeah you can go out but when you go out you almost 
become looked at as like going against the grain, right? As like a bad yeah. person. And I'm not going to lie, like living in downtown San Diego, when I see large people like gatherings and a bunch of people going out to dinner and like they're all like crowded around and these places get packed out here. Like oh, I yeah. instantly like get angry for some reason where I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Like go home. But at the same time, I have to like check myself and remember it. Like people need that outlet and not everyone has a creative outlet, right? Sometimes they need that social outlet in order to be sane and find their center again. And I can't get angry at them for that. But it's just so hard not to, right? Like, it's, I think especially yeah. that's specifically for like these times now. Like before when I would see large gatherings like that, I would just be nervous and probably not go. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that was me. <laughs> and now I see those gatherings and I'm like it's not a nerve thing anymore. It's what are you guys doing? And I'm just thinking like, oh, you guys can just talk over Zoom or like FaceTime or do all this other stuff. But right, like not that long ago, like you said, if you said like, oh, yeah, you know, we just, you know, met up online and we just had a chat, whatever, like you would probably looked at like weirdly saying like, well, you guys are in the same city. Why aren't you guys just hanging out? Right. So, yeah, it's it's tough. It is really tough to find that that middle ground, especially right now. And yeah, it's just so weird. And I'm seeing like my nieces and nephews going to school right now online. And it's not just that, too. Like there's so much more on top of it that kind of led up to this situation that I feel like is making it worse. Right. Like kids nowadays, they don't go outside and play like as much right like i remember growing up my mom would just open the door and say get out <laughs> and when i'd be like oh what do i do she's like ah, well i don't know go outside play go find friends right like you, you're just like kind of thrown out in the world and to go explore but that doesn't happen anymore so there's already like this sense of like danger of being outside right ingrained into their minds and then now you throw the covid up like covid on top of it and then you start seeing like all of these new structures of social norms of meeting up over Zoom and things like that. Like there really is no more need to go outside to socialize. But we are social creatures, right? Like we need that interaction with people. So is is it bad? Is it is it bad? Like is I, I know this is this is a question that's not going to be able to get answered now or in a year or two. It's going to be something long term that we're going to see either negative or positive repercussions from this. Right. Like it's just something that we can't tell what's going to happen. But I'm curious about like social development and things like that. Like, I don't know if you've run into this at your work right now or but. A lot of the people who are in the generation under us, right, the ones that like started to not go outside less and have less, less like situations of being more social outdoors, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're, I mean, for lack of a better word, they're a little weird, right? Like, and a lot of these children or these, this younger generation, like the word entitled comes to mind when you think about them, right? Like they feel like they're entitled to whatever they want. And instead of just working hard for it. And I'm wondering if like that was something ingrained from how we were brought up. 
I think it's just an evolution of the times in a sense that, you know, nowadays, like, you have so much content of different sorts just thrown at you that it's easy to feel entitled, I guess you could say. Like, back in the day, like, we we didn't have all this information that we could access. We didn't have all these options. Like, you know, think early internet days, there wasn't like a Yelp. There wasn't anything to really find things to do outside. So you have to go and find it or word of mouth. And I think nowadays people are able to just find stuff instantly and they just feel like special about it. But at the same time, like, I don't know. It's weird. Like I almost feel like more in common with the generation after me in a lot of ways. But I also feel still connected to like a lot of the things my generation faces as well. Like it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. I feel like I can understand being totally connected and kind of disconnected from the outside world. But I don't know, it's a really weird thing to describe because like as I've gotten older, I've grown to enjoy both aspects of my life like balanced mm -hmm. well. But I can see why people think, like, the younger generation, like, feel entitled because, I mean, they grew up differently than right. we did. Even though it was only a couple-year difference, it's it's enough to change a lot right. of things, you know? And you have to think, like, their parents were from a different time than our parents. And, like, theirs probably were, like, growing up in the 80s, I think. Would you say yeah. so? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about I'd right. Say so. so, I mean, they were starting to see technology, so their parents were a little bit, I don't want to say wired differently, but it was just a different crowd. There were a lot more issues going on in the world around them as well. And, you know, it really depends on how people brought up. Like, I've met, like, quite a few people younger than me who kind of have the same mindset, same look as, like, mm -hmm. what we do. You know, it's... I think it really just depends, like, how a lot of people were brought up, right. you know, because you can still find, like, young people that want to go out and do things, and you can find people our age who just don't want to do anything. That's true. And it's, I think that the biggest, well, it's kind of going to a different topic, but I feel like the normalization of, like, social media creating, like, a outlet that was virtual really changed everything. I think that's what really made us evolve in a different yeah. way. I mean, yeah, like a hundred percent, like talking about social media, like if you like Twitch, right? Twitch is huge right now mm -hmm. and it's creating this weird sense of like companionship and socializing without actually having yeah. to leave the comfort of your home. Right. Like, like, okay, like you, you log into your favorite Twitch streamer, right? And mm -hmm. let's say you saw this person outside in the real world, right? Then I guess that's kind of like a mean thing to say, real world. Now I'm thinking about it, like there's so many like problems with, I guess maybe it's the way I'm thinking because of the upbringing, right? The right. real world. Well, and it's not just that. It's the whole idea of like online presence is the real world now too, Right. Like there's no such thing as like 
oh, outside is the only thing that's real. Face-to-face is the only thing that's real. That's not a thing anymore. So I think that's one thing that I personally need to work on. And when I'm thinking about these situations is like kind of break that stigma that I have in my mind. Um, But to go off on like what I was originally thinking about was like, okay, if you, you, some people ask these Twitch streamers some very intricate questions, intricate, (laughs) I can't talk today, Uh, (laughs) questions like, like even Ninja, right? One of the top streamers ever is giving out relationship advice to random strangers on his streams. Which I think is very interesting dynamic there because let's say you saw Ninja in a party somewhere, you wouldn't go up to him and be like, hey man, I'm having a really hard time with my girlfriend right now. Uh, Do you have any advice for what I should be doing? Oh, by the way, my name is, you know, like GamerGuy595 or whatever the hell, right? Yeah, 426.9BlazeBlazeXXX, right? Like, (laughs) Like, you wouldn't do that. Or at least I don't, Unless you're like extremely extroverted, but if you're extremely extroverted, then you being on Twitch in that situation probably wouldn't be happening, right? It, it, I mean, could, it could. But... I mean, I I think with when you start introducing the dynamics of like Twitch and YouTube or any any form where there's a content creator, right? These people, like a lot of people watch streamers like every day or you know they'll watch videos from a creator every like all the time where they feel like they create a special bond with someone that maybe they don't dangerous though it's i feel like it's two things it's one being close to a celebrity which i mean when you think about it we've never been able to be close to celebrities like hollywood style so being able to converse with someone who has maybe like 800,000 followers on Twitch and they're talking to you and you feel connected to them. It it brings a whole different dynamic to it that, you know, it's, it's a different bond. And the problem with this is that, I mean, it can go different ways. Right. And we've seen it. It's some people will look at the streamers, maybe like almost like a brother or sister or anything like that, where it's like a family kind of thing where they'll, you know, ask questions. But then we start seeing the, other side of it where people start either falling in love with the streamer or you know thinking it's like you know their special person and then it starts turning toxic but i think it's you know just that human connection that we used to feel in person i mean you can feel that way with someone that you talk to all the time you know virtually i mean for me, I've never really watched a streamer enough where I felt that bond with right. someone, but I've definitely enjoyed talking to streamers who, you know, sometimes, I mean, you have to think about, it, we're all just people. So it's, it's fun to talk about those subjects. And if they're willing to talk about it, it's cool. You know, some people don't have that person to go to about questions about life or something like that, you know, like. Yeah, you could Google on the internet, like, what would you do in this situation? But, I mean, Google's just going to give you some dumb top answer that everyone else searches for. Where when you ask some streamer who seems like they know what they're doing, I mean, you have to remember, it's just like asking another person. You know, they're at least going to get a response that if they feel like they have something in common with the streamer, then it's probably good advice to Mm -hmm. them. 
Uh, but I mean, I think for me, that's, that's how I look at it. You know, it, it, people form these bonds with content creators. And I mean, for the most part, from what I've seen, it's usually pretty good. You know, these people need someone to talk to. And I mean, if the creator's nice or like good, they'll actually do good advice or they'll talk to them, you know? Hey everybody, just jumping in real quick. Uh, you know, just want to say, first of all, thank you for continuing listening. And obviously you're enjoying it because you've reached the middle of our episode. Uh, but before we continue on, uh, we just wanted to remind you all that if you are truly enjoying what you're hearing and you want to learn some more about us, uh, you can find us on uh, social medias and we have links in our description and you can find me and all the drawings that I'm doing on Instagram at Kieran and that's K-E-U-R-A-N. What about you, Chris? Uh, you can find me at Sloppy Cube on Instagram. That's Sloppy and Cube at the end of it. <clears throat> I do all retro games or just games in general. So if that's your thing, check me out. You can also message me about ideas and anything because I love talking. Yep. We both really enjoy talking, obviously, because we are recording a podcast. So if, <laughs> if you want to join in the conversation, please reach out to us on the Discord. And let's get right back into this episode. That's true. That is very true. I mean, so on the flip side of that, right, social media has, you know, kind of created a sense of community for people, right? Then it's mm-hmm. also bred what we all know and have learned to hate, right, is the trolls. That troll community is oh, yeah. heavy on online presence. And now this whole idea of like cyberbullying and like all this stuff where it's not just you being, you know, made fun of for the way you look. It's now you're being made fun of for just your ideas alone. And I think that hurts way, way more. Right. Like something like getting mm-hmm. getting picked on for your ideals, like getting picked on for appearance. I I mean, I grew up getting picked on all the time right, for being either short or fat or having a little bit of a higher pitched voice. Right. Like it's just something that I've always had to deal with. And like I don't know, like I feel like if whenever someone attacked my own personal ideas, that hurt so much more. So like these social like situations online are creating this like ultra vulnerability online that is so dangerous. And it's something that we kind of have to like learn to tackle and work around. And I feel like, so like Twitch streamers and all them like, and content creators, that's such a new niche market where now you're not just a celebrity, like you said, like you are way more than that. Like you are creating bonds and friendships with these people, right? Because like you're creating a community around you. That's your brand. That's how you make a living. And I think people really need to realize that and hold that true in their head is like, these people are still just trying to make a living, right? So they do need to say the right thing at the right time. Otherwise they're going to get Right. Hashtag canceled or whatever the fuck. Right. I, which I think like yeah. that's such a stupid, <laughs> but like they're just, you know, they're going to lose following followers for being for maybe even being the true them. And that's a weird thing to kind of think about. But it, they have to. 
it's weird. Like it's such a weird, weird position to be in to be a streamer nowadays, where you have to kind of be like the bully police too, right? And create that safe space for the people who are coming to your channel and watching your content. And I, I think also I gotta get good mods. Yeah. You know, like if the content creator has good like bonds with their mods, then usually, you know, it's they can create that kind of safe space centered towards what kind of audience, you know, like you're not going like certain content creators are very lax with their audience. You know, you go to like some of the big streamers on Twitch and it's more like, you know, it's as if you're going on 4chan, but like on Twitch and it's like everywhere. You know, there's no filter, but then you go to others where it's like this super safe place where it's like you can kind of just say like what's on your mind and not be judged. Like it's it's interesting how they're able to create these little spaces and each community is so different. Like that's something that's always fascinated me with like jumping around the different discords and Twitch streams is like every community that's based around, you know different content is so different like it it's kind of fascinating to sit back and look at like one community that is super helpful and they talk all the time and then other times you have ones where it's just everyone's trolling each other and it's just you, you have to have like a thick skin to just kind of brush it all off like it's it's fascinating and i feel like for me like you don't really see that in person that much unless you're in those mm -hmm. kind of groups and for me, I feel like, you know, jumping to all these different communities and seeing how people interact, it's really taught me how to interact with people. And I feel like for me, I've learned a lot because, you know, it, it, the world, like every day we're growing and it's, it's just fascinating to see different viewpoints, different, the way people act. And it, it makes me realize like, okay, I want to be able to react to how people say in a polite you know nice way that's not going to be rude or anything because i mean back in the early days of the internet yeah i used to be a troll too i wasn't rude i would just try to make people mm -hmm. look stupid which i feel like that's kind of like the original trolls yeah. but you call people out yeah yeah but you know i keep thinking about discord and how it's evolved uh in the span of a couple of years, even, you know, I don't know how long you've used discord, but like for me, like I remember when IRC was the, well, wasn't the, it wasn't popular, but people on the internet used it. And I mean, basically discord is just a, a fancy looking version mm -hmm. of it. And when I first started using discord, it was literally just for gamers, you know, like no one else ever thought about using it really. And then, over time it evolved and now I mean you have businesses using it and that's why they just rebranded kind of because they realize like more than just gamers are using it and it's it's fascinating seeing you know a tool that's able to bring people together like that is actually like evolving mm -hmm. in a good way like I don't know. I feel like it's really cool just being able to go to different communities and reach out to people. You know, like I'm not a person that's going to go out in public and just randomly talk to people, but being able to jump into these groups and 
just randomly, you know, shoot the shit with people. And it's just, it's cool. Like, I, yeah. I love it. No, I agree. But it also scares me because I feel like I could get comfortable enough where I don't really care to go out and talk to people. Right. You know, right. you still need those social skills. Like, you still need to be able yeah. to interact with people out, like, face to face in order to succeed in this world. Like, to truly, truly succeed, you still need to be able to talk face to face with people. Which is, yeah. Yeah. And for me, there were, like, even there was a few years, like, you know, a few years, but like two or three years where, you know, I was going through kind of like, I was getting past the kind of dark point of my life where I, I just went to work. And then when I was off work, I would just be at home, you know, like on the computer playing games and stuff. And for me, like my only social interaction outside of work was really just on the computer. And for me, it helped, you know, for some people like this stuff really, it really helps them. Yeah, you mentioned um, something right now that kind of brought this to my mind, too. Like a lot of these places creating those safe spaces and whatnot, like it's enhancing our own empathy towards others right like it's really making you think about how other people are going to react to things and i think that's that's kind of an i mean it is definitely a really strong positive for this type of social interaction right like instead of just spewing out what you would just do in you know like word vomit when talking to someone and then looking back at that conversation and being like, well, why the fuck did I say that? <laughs> right? Like, you you have time to sit out and type out your ideas, right? And no matter how mad you are, a lot of times when you get done typing something, like, you're already not mad about it anymore, right? So yeah. I think that's, like, giving people that pause to kind of then react to things is being shadowed in how we handle our day-to-day lives and even like the way we like in my position right now i am manager of multiple people and a lot of them are part of like this community of people who mainly socialize over the internet right and i have to kind of change my management style and how i coach people like knowing where they're coming from right knowing their interests and things like that and basically coming at it as like a safe space for them to then learn and grow instead of just reprimanding them for, you know, not performing the duties that are asked of them. And it's a, it's a very different kind of mindset and you have to learn who you're talking to. But I think this idea of safe space is such a amazing thing that is not just on like forms or Twitch or gaming or right. Like it's the fact that it's, it's like becoming a part of our every day-to-day life is very yeah. interesting like even like i keep going back to D, but the, like even D has so so many amazing like little creations now to help create a safe space for people like they even have like so one big caveat of a lot of dms of what they say to do first is to have not just a session zero and for those of you who don't know, a session zero is basically just the session before the campaign where you kind of lay out the ideas of the world, you help finish or flesh out characters fully before you start your campaign, right? But you have a pre-session zero in which you just talk about 
okay, what are you comfortable with talking about and what are you not comfortable with talking about? And they call us uh, lines and veils, right? So that way, whenever the DM is constructing their story, they can, you know, kind of look back at this sheet. Hopefully they wrote it down if they're smart and they actually care. They wrote it down so that they can remember and check it for reference and, you know, craft the story to make sure that they're not going to then throw their characters into a situation in which we might be uncomfortable for one of their players, right? Another great tool that is being used as well are um, the X's and O's cards. So like at some um, tables, what they'll have is two cards in front of them where it's like a red X or like a blank card and like a card with a marking on it. And if at any point in the situation, one of the players becomes uncomfortable, they can just put the red X up. They don't have to, like, make oh. a note of it. They don't have to make a scene out of it. Just, you know, make it seen so uh, so the DM can see it. And the DM will should at least acknowledge that, but not. it doesn't have to be a verbal acknowledgement. They just need to then skirt the story, either cut it off there, you know, find a way to wrap it up right away so that it doesn't continue to be more uncomfortable for that player. And then whenever the campaign's done or when the session's done for that night, then you can go and have a conversation with your player and say like, okay, what triggered it? What can I do better next time to make sure that you feel comfortable throughout this whole time? Because you're creating this fantasy world for them to play in. It's not for you to play in. It's for them, for them to live out their fantasies and to just enjoy and kind of escape for a little bit. And I mean, escape probably isn't the right word now that I'm thinking about it. It's more of an internalization of your own ideals. Like through these characters that you're playing, even if it's someone that you would think wouldn't share your normal ideals or someone you feel is complete opposite of you, you're still going to impose some of you on there, right? So having these series of checks and balances to make sure that the player feels comfortable while exploring these different ideas and mindsets is really, really important, right? So I think that's one of the, like one of my personal favorite things that is coming out of this new type of social interaction of an online presence is this idea of a safe space and how do we fully create that safe space, not only online, but how are we taking it and then, you know, setting it up for our actual face-to-face interactions as well, where it's not you know, putting people on blast or, you know, making people uncomfortable about it by bringing it up, right? Like, how do we set that up? And there's some really great tools out there. And I'm actually really excited to see that. And there's even new like management trainings that are going around as far as like how to handle this situations and how to properly talk to your team in order to, you know, get your point across without offending anyone. Like the best, like most politically correct ways of doing these things. And I feel like that's all stemming from these online social interactions that people are becoming more and more used to. Definitely. And I think because now everyone has a voice on the Internet, everyone's able to voice, you know, what what bothers them and, you know, different ways around it. You know, I think, you know, you look back, not everyone had a voice. And if they did, most of the time, it probably would just be shut out. 
And now people are able to speak what they want, good or bad. And, you know, we've learned to be able to kind of adhere for the most part to what people want. And it's, it's crazy. You know, just, I constantly think back about my early interactions on the internet to now. And it's, it's really crazy how we've evolved with like social interactions. And I mean, I personally love it. I think it's really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's definitely, it's tough for me. I like, I really do love it because it has definitely brought, it has allowed me to talk to people that I would have never talked to. It has allowed me to create things that I've never would have created alone. Um, just by being able to communicate with somebody that's on the opposite side of the United States, right? Or even on the opposite side of the globe. Being able to collaborate on this level is insane. And it's possible because of these social interactions. And like as much as I'm, I, I guess I could say I'm like slightly fearful of the idea of it. And I'm just curious to see where it goes. And hopefully it doesn't have too, like any horrible like negative repercussions from it because i mean even face-to-face social interactions have very negative things come that come from it like there is no like just good outright outcome right Mm -hmm. but i mean like as as fearful as i am of it i also really wish that i was more involved with it when i was younger right like Mm. In high school, for instance, I was really depressed. I was really, really depressed. And I was living a life that wasn't mine. Like, I I told you this before, but it's insane that, like, mm-hmm. the, in high school, like, 90% of the people I went to school with that consider themselves my friend didn't actually know my real name. Which is just huh. insane, right? Like, I had a nickname given to me that was basically... A real name. It wasn't just like a, you know, like a, a, a obvious nickname, right? It, it, yeah. it was a real name that people could have. But it became like a different persona that I felt like I had to live up to because of the group that gave it to me. Like I, I was a varsity, you know, wrestling guy. I was the captain of the team for three years and... Like, that was my life. I, like, I, I lived and breathed that. But all I wanted to do was write poems or paint pictures or play D&D. Like, I owned every D&D book, but I never played because the social group that I had at that time were all just jocks. And whenever I would go and talk mm-hmm. to, like, the goth kids or, you know, like, different social groups, my, you know, quote-unquote friends would kind of talk shit about them. And I would always feel bad about it. But at the same time, like these guys were the ones I was with, you know, 80% of my day. So I had to kind of back them. And I wish I didn't. I really wish I didn't at this point in my life. I, I wish I was strong enough to have gone against that grain and seeked out like true friends, friends that actually had the same interests as me. I wish I had not only sat with the goth kids and, you know, or like found, like just hung out in art studios more. 
I wish I would have, you know, gone online and found like-minded people on, you know, like GameFAQs forums or even like in the early days of instant messaging, they had like instant messaging role-playing where it was all done through these little text interactions and you would, you know, type in your response of how your character would react and then you would wait for a response from other people and you go there like through that way. And they would even do that over forms, you know, that takes a long time. But, but oh, like, God, I just need to drive back a lot of memory. <laughs> but that's like a thing that knowing about it now, I wish I was involved with it then. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I see the benefit of how I, you know, was brought up and I, I feel like in a social situation face to face, like I feel like I'm really good at those situations. Like I'm able to navigate conversations properly and I can hold a conversation yeah. with almost anybody. But at the same time, I wish that I had had more real conversations with people at a younger age instead of now just trying to play catch up. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of my two cents on it. Yeah, for me in high school, I I mostly, like, I had, like, a little gamer group of friends that I, like, found. And, um, but, I mean, in the end, like, we all just kind of, like, drifted apart because that's all we really did together. But for me, like, something I noticed was that because I was so accustomed to like talking message boards or through MMOs and stuff like that, I was so comfortable like typing to people. But when it came to having to talk to people like over a microphone for the longest time, mm -hmm. I didn't like it. Like I would play on Xbox live and there'd be like, like if it was like a big group, I didn't mind. I would talk. But if it was like a game where it's like, you know, duos or something where there's another person, for some reason, that fear of having to talk on the microphone bothered me. It was weird. Like, I'll I'll type to them. I, I don't know why. Like, I felt like maybe I sounded dumb or something. But, you know, I mean, I don't have that problem nowadays. Like, yeah, sometimes if I'm like stuck in a match with one other person I don't know, then, yeah, I might be a little more quiet than normal. But. It's weird because I look back and like even throughout the years, I would rather text someone than call someone like to this day. Oh, I don't same. like calling. I same. hate talking on the phone and I'd much rather just message because I feel like it's easier to get my point across. But, you know, I think like what you were saying, it's I, I kind of wish I reached more into those communities because looking back, like even back then on the Internet. I still have maybe like three or four people from all the way back then that I'll still talk to mm -hmm. occasionally, which is crazy because, I mean, they're basically like my oldest friends at this point. But I don't know. You know, for me, I think that it's it's cool that people are able to have that outlet now that we didn't really have back yeah. then in an easy way. You know, like you were saying, you had to like reach out to find it. And, you know, those role playing like message boards, ugh, <laughs> I remember those like you would just see like novels written yeah. on the post. Like I remember guy online, like people just had like threads on it. And I'd be like, oh, this is 
interesting. Like I remember trying it once, but I was like, I'd rather just play a game at this right. point. Like I'm not going to write a novel, but I don't know. For me, I just always kind of preferred consuming media than really socializing. And to this day, like it's honestly still kind of like that. Like I like talking to people, but for me, instead of going out talking, I'd rather just, I don't know, play games or watch a movie or something. Yeah. That's going to do it for us this week. And I just want to just really want to, you know, chime in and say, like, no matter how you're interacting with people, just make sure that you're doing it safely. Um, make sure that the people that you're talking to, you're talking to them genuinely. Be you. Be the real you, even if you're online, right? Like, like never, yeah. never sacrifice who you are in order to make more friends. And I know that's really tough to hear, especially like if you're in high school listening to this, like finding like niche friends is super, super hard to do. And I get it. I get it 100%. But as soon as you graduate, you're probably never going to see those people again, right? You're never going to see those people that are mean to you that you don't get along with or you just kind of they get on your nerves, right? You don't have to deal with them anymore. So use that time smart in order to find yep. people who you genuinely connect with. Don't be afraid to share your interests with people. And if someone doesn't enjoy what you enjoy or, you know, talks down to you based on your beliefs or, you know, what like what you enjoy playing even, like they're not the friend for you. That's fine. That's totally fine. It's okay. And I think that's the biggest thing to remember is that it is okay to walk away from a conversation that you don't feel comfortable in. And speaking of conversations to feel comfortable in, <laughs> like we are definitely trying to build up a community here of like-minded individuals and create that safe space for everyone to share their ideas and to have fun doing it. And, you know, we have our Discord channel out there for you guys. Uh, you can reach out to us on social media for sure. Like. Like we said previously, you know, our DMs are always open. Like, reach out, talk to us, because we love to chat with you guys and help you out in any way that we possibly can. And, yeah, I mean, it's been so much fun so far, and we hope that we can do much more in the future. So, with that, I think that's going to be it. Thank you again for listening this week. And, uh, uh bye. Bye. 